wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening, then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now, enjoy the show. Are you ready? From the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show, and here's your host, Matt Chapel. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Welcome to The Delight Show. I am your host, the Monday Night Delight, Matt Chapel. How are we doing tonight? We've started the show now, so I expect the garbage truck to be by any moment now, but it is what it is. What's happening, everybody? Everybody having a good week? I'm having a good week. I uh, I don't know if I mentioned last week, I was testing for my health insurance license last week, um, and that is a subject I had no knowledge of before. Uh, two weeks ago, began the studying process, put in 21 hours of studying in seven, uh, nine days. And then, uh, yeah, took the test last Thursday, and I'm happy to say I passed it. Um, I got my license. Everything is good to go there. New job starting soon. We will, uh, I'm starting the same week as All Out. So, going to be a busy, busy week for the Monday Night Delight that week. But, that being said, what's going on in your world? Everything good? Comment and give me some ideas. What's happening in your life? What's happening good for you? I want to spread positivity through the wrestling community, because what I'm going to say today is, is not exactly positive. Today we're going to do the AW review, not a whole lot of problems there. We're going to do the impact review of a bad impact? I don't know if it's a bad impact. It was a boring impact for some parts. It was a wild impact for some parts. I I can't say if it was good or bad. It just, it was not memorable for one thing i'm rather like what even happened on the show and I'm, I'm thinking about it we'll get to that but then we're going to talk about the negative we're going to dive into the state of professional wrestling as it comes to women's wrestling um as you may or may not know i've been very involved in uh, and very interested in women's wrestling i'm involved been very interested in women's wrestling in the past couple of years really since the rise of the of the new like revolution, they call it in WWE, and I have some words about WWE's women's uh, title picture too. But I just this week, I decided enough was enough, and it was time to figure some things out about what AEW in particular, but also WWE is doing with their women's division. Sorry about that. Took a little breather. The garbage truck did come by as predicted. Let's start with AEW. The highlights. The lowlights, anything that really stuck out to me. Um, the Young Bucks opened the show against Eva Uno and Stu Grayson. Good match. 
no real problems with it. Um, Matt Jackson did the big swanton off the stage to the floor. Um, they hit the springboard face, uh, Nick hit the springboard face, face buster moonsault that he does. Nothing to write home about, but nothing terribly wrong with it. Good match. The Bucks win, um, pinning Evil Uno. Um, let's see. MJF cut another promo on John Moxley, campaigning to be champion. This time, Moxley hit, and in a great bit of business, showing that Moxley's not a stupid babyface. As soon as the music hits, MJF sends Wardlow up the stairs to the door where Moxley always comes in. And then Moxley came in through the tunnel that everybody else comes in. So, MJF was alone. Um... And and Moxley laid into him, hit him with the paradigm shift, laid him out, and was gone before Wardlow could make it back to the ring. Uh, I am excited about MJF and Moxley for the title at All Out. Um, I really am. Alex Marvez was talking to Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy can no longer control his uh, his personality shift, so sometimes he's Matthew Hardy and sometimes he's broken Matt. I imagine sometimes he will be... Uh, he will be Money Matt and V2, and th- this should be fun. It'd be great if they could find a way for him to do this during a match, but that would be a lot of switching and some fast uh, some fast changing that I don't know if Matt Hardy's really up to. Uh, he attacks Mike Posey because Mike Posey has a similar physique, I guess, to, um, to what's-his-face, Sammy Guevara. So Matt's losing his mind. TNT title match, uh, Cody versus Scorpio Sky. Nothing wrong with this match. I don't remember anything about it, except that Scorpio Sky did not come out with SCU. He came out on his own for this match, and Cody brought out in Entourage. Dustin, Brandy, Arn, QT, and Allie. So he brought five people to the ring. This seems like a heel thing. Who else does this? Brody Lee does this. Who uh, Jericho does this. This is a heel thing in AEW. I think we're getting hints to the fact that Cody is not long as a baby face, he is going, he will soon be turning heel possibly to join this new four horsemen, but he's a Rhodes, but he's working with Arn. I got problems on all sides with that. Um, two notable things about this match. One at the beginning, we find out that Mike Kyoto, Mike Kyoto is uh, going to be the referee of this match. He's now with AEW. Uh, good on you, Mike. Uh, happy to have you. And secondly, after the match, we find out that Brody Lee is challenging for the title on Dynamite this week. Now, of course, Dynamite is not tonight. Because of the NBA, the Dynamite has been moved to Saturday, directly after the NBA game, which, if all goes well, will start at 6.05 p.m., which is old WWE Saturday night time. That is Dusty Rhodes wrestling time. Um, I'm hoping it comes on right at 6.05. Now, as far as... um, as far as Brody Lee challenging for the title, I think there's a good chance Brody Lee could win the title. However, I still think they might be holding that off for like Matt Cardona to to beat Cody, and then Cody flips out and just kills Matt Cardona. We'll see. Um, Hangman and, and Hangman and Kenny Omega defeated Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy in a match for the tag team titles, which I could have sworn was a non-title match, but it is what it is. Um, they, they pinned Jungle Boy with the last call. I don't remember anything about this match. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I watched this show in two halves. 
Um, this was the first match I saw the first uh, when I watched the first half. Uh, if you want to know why, my favorite favorite non wrestling show came back uh, finally this summer. It's Big Brother. Um, I love Big Brother or something fierce, and so it comes on at seven o'clock here in the godforsaken Central Time Zone. So it comes on at seven, and of course AEW comes on at seven. Well, that leaves me catching the last half of AEW, and then the second half or the first half, I guess, the next day. Um, so you know, but this this. The uh, the Cody Scorpio Skybash were technically my main event. This match was fine. It would have been a good opener if it had been the top of the show. I just don't remember anything about it. And, and granted, I know I've had a pretty trying week since then, so maybe that's what the problem is. Uh, oh, this segment I do remember pretty well. The greatest tag team in the world, tag team appreciation. Um, they bring out FTR. They bring out the Bucks. They bring out the freaking Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Uh, they also bring out the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Uh, and they all just start kind of filleting one another, figuratively, not literally. Um, they begin filleting one another's ego, saying, you know, you are the best tag team. You both are the best tag team. We're the best tag team. These old guys are the best tag team. And eventually, Tully has had enough. He's like, listen, the best tag team is the tag team with the championships. And that ain't anybody in this ring right now. Especially not FDR and especially not the Young Bucks. Um, he gets an orange face says, you know what? I, I've had a problem with you ever since you spine-bustered my man Sean Spears at All Out last year. And then Sean Spears starts creeping in from the ring. And I was like, all right, I see what's happened here. They start to have this brawl. The injured, uh, the injured member of the FDR, which I believe is Dax. I might learn this. Who knows? Uh, feigns that he is in his knee. He falls down. He takes off his brace to relieve the swelling. And then he hits Robert Gibson in the back with it. And they hit the Brain Busters pile driver on Ricky Morton. That is some fantastic booking, especially if Tully Blanchard is the one putting together this team. So, um, FG, uh, the, Rucks come, uh, the Bucks come back to make the save. FTR bails. Omega runs in. Paige saunders the ring, drink in hand. And you always got to wonder, what side is Hangman Page on here? This, I like this. It went by really fast, but I like this this right here. And this is probably the best non-wrestling moment of the show to me. Um, Hikaru Shida defeated Heather Monroe. It was Heather Monroe's debut. And it was a two-minute squash. Here's where we will talk about other things that are not as positive. I've been a big defender of AEW, doing well. For a long time, and they do a lot of things well. But as you, but as I've said the last past couple weeks, they haven't done their women's division justice. And no, they don't have the talent that WWE has. And yes, it was really bad for this division when Chris Statlander and Britt Baker got injured within the same month. I understand that, but you have wrestlers. You have this deadly draw tournament going on, showing that you have wrestlers. You have Sheeta. Which you currently do actually have. You have Nyla Rose. You have Big Swole. You have Little Swole. You have Ivalice. I would say you have Diamante, but Diamante and Sheeta did not work a couple weeks ago. Um, but you've got wrestlers. You could put together some great long matches, and you are putting on two minute squashes on your big show. And this this made me think exactly what is what is the 
discrepancy between men's matches and women's matches when it comes to Dynamite. Now you say, well, Delight, they've got matches on Dark with all the women. They've got their own tournament on YouTube, and you're right. But a lot of fans are not going to YouTube and watching everything this company puts out, just like they don't do for WWE. So if there is this idea that if it's not on the main show, it's not happening. The women's division is next to null on the main show, and you've got to go out of your way to search for it. And if you do, great. You find some good stuff. But if you don't, then all you know is the five or six women that have been on this show, and that's it. I, I, you are losing valuable, valuable wrestling and valuable, valuable, valuable talent. I guarantee if this keeps up, the women that you have will start jumping ship and they will go places like TNA where they are, I say TNA, Impact, where they have a women's vision right now that they're building up a huge Iron Woman match for next week's Impact. You'll lose them to WWE, where they can go and and possibly become part of a decent NXT scene. Although, again, I have problems with the current WWE scene, uh, main roster scene, because they have taken their entire women's division. And think about who that encompasses. Asuka, Bailey, Sasha, Shayna Baszler. The other two horsewomen have been brought up now. You've got Mandy. You've got Sonya. You've got Dana Brooke. You've got Lacey Evans. You've got Natalia Neidhart. You've got Naomi. You've got... I'm sure there's more women that I'm not naming. You've got all that. You got Selena Vega, and who's been in the title picture all summer? Bailey, Sasha, Oscar, and a little bit Nikki Cross. You've got Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Um, and so this a couple weeks ago, they they are having the match on Monday. If Oscar beats Bailey, then Oscar gets a shot at Sasha's title at SummerSlam, and then on SmackDown, we're gonna do a battle royal, and we're going to. Have that winner face Bailey? Okay, new blood in the division. It's also tribe branded, so you can bring up somebody from NXT here. You can bring up Rhea Ripley. That'd be cool. You can bring up Dakota Kai. They kind of look alike. That'd be fun. You could bring up. I mean, you could bring up all sorts of of girls to face Bailey. Well, on Raw, Oscar beats Sasha, or Oscar beats Bailey. It's gonna be Oscar and Sasha at SummerSlam. Great, good job. And so we get to SmackDown, and you got all these women in here. You got even you could have Shayna beat her. Get Shayna back in the picture. You have Rhea win it. Get back in the picture. You can have Dana Brooke or Lacey Evans or Natalia or Alexa Bliss, whoever you want. And who wins that match? Oscar. So now you've reduced all, all summer. You've had only four women in your title picture, and by SummerSlam, you've reduced the women's title picture to three girls. Well done, WWE. You're saying that these three matter, and everyone else. Does not. Why do you think there was a hashtag Naomi deserves better earlier this year? Why do you think people got so excited when Tamina was facing Bailey for the title? We want change. We want something else. We want something else. But you don't give it to us. That's the problem with WWE division. AEW division, we just want women's wrestling. That's all we want. I did the figures for the last month of Dynamites. The last month of AEW Dynamite, 61 different men have appeared on Dynamite. 61. Now, that's your main roster, but I was saying, yes, that does include your, I did not include your announcers unless they're involved in an angle, which Mike Posey and Mike Kyoto both were on the show we're currently reviewing. 
I did not involve your announcers unless they leave the announce booth to interview someone face-to-face. So I, I included Alex Marvez, and I included Tony Schiavone, because he's constantly uh, with Britt Baker. Aside from that, everyone else, uh, I did include the old guys from the tag segment we just talked about. I cl- Yes, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson are on this list. Tully Bledger and Arn Anderson are on this list. But 61 men came uh, came on the my TV in the last month on Dynamite. Would you like to wager a guess to how many women did? It's 14. 14 women over the course of four weeks. They are Sheeta, Britt Baker, Big Swole, Rebel slash Reba, Heather Monroe, Ivelisse, Diamante, Vicky Guerrero, Nyla Rose, Ariane, holy hell, um, Dasha, Anna J, Allie, and Brandy. Of those women, how many of them had an actual match? Sheeta, Swole, Reba, Heather Monroe, Ivelisse, Diamante. That's it. Everyone else was a manager, a backstage interviewer, or was doing a promo to hype up the YouTube show, which would, of course, be Nyla, Vicky, and Ariane, and Dasha. So, 14 women. Now, you knew a lot with 14 people. Ozzel went segment by segment for a month and got these numbers. Those 14 girls, 14 women, excuse me, they appeared in 23 segments or matches across four weeks. 23. That's less than one, or that's less than two apiece, if my math serves me. It's less than two apiece. It's about 1.6. Segments of peace. Well, why is it like that? Because Britt Baker appears a couple times a night. Because uh, Sheeta did would sometimes do an angle after her match. But for the most part, most of these women end up in one segment over the course of a week. Brandy, Ali, Anna J, Dasha, Ariane, Nyla, Vicky, Ivelisse, uh, Swole. No, not Swole. Excuse me. Heather Monroe. So nine of these 14, one appearance. That's, it, that adds no good. That's insane. And it's not like any of these matches that they had went 30 minutes. And so that's why there's only one match. Thirty minutes. No, most of these matches went less than six. The men, however, 61 men appeared 202 times in matches and segments across a month. 202 over 61 men, it's something like three apiece. When you take out the outliers like Mike Yoda, the Rock and Roll Express, Tully Blanchard, you know, it gets up to four apiece. That is unreal. That's how little they seem to care about their women's division. AEW drops the ball there the hardest. The promise of inclusion, the promise of something different. They they drop the ball on women, they drop the ball uh, and. I could run down the exact same list for people of color. As a very white, very male show is AEW. It just is. And um, I don't know. It feels like we were lied to. It feels like we were promised something and we got something else. Now, one thing we were promised was old school style wrestling. And my God, this is old school style wrestling. Old, male, and white. I guess not old. Male and white. I don't know. It just feels wrong. You know? 
AW do better. We want more. And God help me, AW heels is not the thing to do. All right, let's get back to the fun. Let's get out of out of my investigation area and back into the fun area. Let's talk about what's happening this week on Dark or on Dynamite. This is that's where we are now. Um, now this is of course the Saturday night show after uh, after the NBA this Saturday. You've got FDR versus Private Party, uh, Omega and the Bucks versus Dark Order, specifically Reynolds, Silver, and Five Angels. Um, the Deadly Draw fa- final, which we will not be talking about the Deadly Draw today. I'll be talking about both the semifinals and the finals on next week's show. Darby Allen will be in action against somebody. The Lucha Brothers, Butcher and the Blade versus Jurassic Express and the Natural Nightmares. So I'm guessing that's Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, uh, QT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes. Cody versus Mr. Cody versus Brody. I like that. That's fun. For the TNT title. And um, I guess that that's probably your main event this coming week. $7,000 obligation match. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. This is another great match. Um, this actually, this, this is all the uh, all the problems I had with, with Moxley versus Darby Allin, I did not have here. Because pretty much the same thing happened again. Chris Jericho kind of showed that he was the better man for a while. Cassidy made his comeback. He hit all of his... Uh, all of his moves with his hands in his pocket. He took his hands out of his pocket and did some trying for a while. He escaped the walls of Jericho. Uh, and then we had a run-in by the inner circle. And Cassie just gets completely laid out by Jake Hager. Jericho goes to make the cover, but Cassidy kicks out. This is the opposite of Darby Allen and John Moxley. Because when MJF laid out John Moxley, Darby Allen couldn't get the job done. When Hager laid out Cassidy, Jericho, the heel, the supposed better man, could not get the job done. That That is the difference. The intentional interference failed, and it was supposed to. It, we, we believe that Jericho, that Orange Cassidy is a hero now, not that Jericho's weak. In the other match, I believe that Darby Allen was weak and could not finish off John Moxley when he was handed to him on a silver platter. Uh, the finish came when Cassidy ducks the Judas effect, uses uh, a mousetrap cradle, they called it. Uh, that is the only real hindrance of the match. This mousetrap cradle, or whatever it is, did not flow very well. Jericho looked like he just fell down, and then Orange Cassidy grabbed a hold, and that was the pin. Aside from that, no big problems. But yeah, that, that is AEW in a nutshell. Um, aside from the women's rant I went on, not a bad show. Um, do better with your women's division and we will be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast. More importantly, I am your general manager here at WrestleAddict Radio. And if you like what you listen to each and every week on this podcast stream, I think you'll enjoy all the bonus content that we have on our Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, no tears, just one small payment of $5 a month, you get exclusive access to all of our bonus Patreon shows from everybody within the Wrestle Attic Radio Network. On top of that, you'll get exclusive access to us via a Patreon chat where you can talk about different ideas, different things you want to see in our shows, and potentially even be a guest on one of our shows. So that's something that you are interested in being a part of, a wrestling community that keeps wrestling real. Go to patreon.com backslash wrestleatic radio and click subscribe. Now enjoy the rest of the show. 
always likes the randomness of just random questions as well as random jokes that only one person would get. I know I do. Do you like random random video game and Simpsons references that only one person would get? I know I do. <laughs> hey, I'm Nate. I'm Fred. And listening into the Game Changer podcast is probably your cup of tea, where we talk about things wrestling. And some things not wrestling. Wait, wait I thought it was only purely wrestling. Dude, you know me. I often break out in, in random references. We talked about this. I do, I did not agree to talk about this. What are you yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about? Yes, we, you yes, know, we you did. You do this every single time, and every oh. single time. Damn it, we only got 15 more seconds. Up, uh, up. Uh, oh. Be sure to listen in to our episodes every single week on Wrestle Attic Radio. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. Or not so much. Come on, bro! What do you want me to do? I'm an American! Hi friends, I'm your HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Are you tired? Run down? Listless? Do you poop out at parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is right on your smartphone. Kings of the Rings podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast contains everything happening on WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AEW, brought to you by King Ricky Rose, our founder, Willie T, and me. So why don't you join the thousands of happy peppy people and get a great big helping of Kings of the Rings podcast today? I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to pick up your phone, choose your favorite streaming app, subscribe to Wrestle Addict Radio, and press play. That's Kings of the Rings podcast here on Wrestle Addict Radio. The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. And we're back. I want to say a special happy birthday to the Kate Murphy, who you just heard on that commercial there. Their birthday's tomorrow. I believe it is a big one. Uh, one of my favorite people I've met because of this Avenger. So, happy birthday to Kate. Um, I'm go over and, and, and give some, some happy words to the birthday person. It, it, is, it is Kate's birthday tomorrow make sure you uh make sure you celebrate that we're having a birthday here with a very special person to me today here in my real world outside this recording studio so it's it's a big week for important people in my life let's get into the impact review i believe this is november the 9th 2006 they open up with a recap video for the Fight for the Right tournament. They start with that Godforsaken Battle Royal. Please stop showing me that. It gives me it gives me the bees every time I have to try and figure out what was happening there. They show the match from last week where uh, AJ defeated Chris Saban because he won the exhibition title. Robert Roode defeated True. No, Robert Roode defeated somebody. Who did Robert Roode defeat? Christopher Daniels. Uh, and Truth defeated Lance Hoyt. Um, and we start off immediately with that match, which was, I was, I was very happy with AJ Styles versus Robert Roode versus R-Truth. Um, there's weird electrical noises happening right before this match starts. Like, it sounded like there was a graphic that popped up and disappeared. And I'm wondering if there was a graphic for something on Spike that popped up with that sound effect and then disappeared. I'm trying to think, what was on Spike at that time? Stripperella could have been... Could have been, uh, could have been an ad for Triparella. Could have been an ad for Afro Samurai. Could have been an ad for Red and Stimpy's Adult Party, Adult Block Party. Um, who knows what it really was? All I know is that that zapping noise really kind of bothered me for a second there, but then I forgot about it till just now. Um, immediately, Truth and AJ take out Rude. They toss him the outside. 
uh, Truth does a flip dive to the outside onto Robert Roode, and immediately AJ hits the moonsault onto Truth, rolls him back in the ring for a two count. Chris Saban, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Jerry Lynn are scouting AJ from, it looks like the Ravens, uh, it looks like Ravens' nest. You know, where he would, where Raven would sit, a, you know, kind of off to the side and above in ECW. This is what they look like they're sitting in, the X-Nest, I guess. Um, Rude targets AJ's leg. He's just trying to wear him down. He is the ground-based member of this match, which is fine. Robert Rude is great in this role. He locks in a half-crab, um, but Truth breaks up a half-crab with a missile drop kick. This is, uh, this is high levels of overkill. You do not need that much force, but good job on your truth for hitting that one. Um, Styles grabs truth for a Styles clash. Robert Root breaks it up, uh, but immediately gets hit with a Pele kick. AJ goes up top for the 450, I imagine. Miss Brooks jumps up, grabs his leg, keeps him from being pulled down. Uh, Lance Hoyt and Christopher Daniels, they dump Miss Brooks into the crowd, and some guy dumps a beer on her. She waffles this guy real hard. This distracts Robert Roode. like, what are you doing in the crowd? What are you doing fooling around the crowd? You're supposed to be helping me win. Um, while he's doing that, AJ hits a quick roll-up on Truth and wins the match. Um, Seven-minute match, a little bit light uh, on the action for a semifinal for a number one contendership tournament. But nothing really to complain about. I guess the outside interference with Ms. Brooks happens all the time. That's kind of annoying, but not a big deal. Um, backstage, Rude yells at Miss Brooks, saying that she needs to get out in the crowd. The people are booing him. She needs to go out there, do focus groups, do interviews, find out why the people don't like him. She don't like you because you're a prick. You're yelling at this woman because you lost a match. You lost focus. She was covered in beer. She was going to be okay. The franchise is in the ring. He calls out, I thought, Team 3D, but apparently just Bully Ray. Um, Bully answers, comes out, uh, franchise claims that Bully disrespected him a couple weeks ago. Bully disagrees. He says he disagreed with him, sure, but he never disrespected him. They shouted at each other. Franchise calls Team 3D washed up. That's big talk coming from Tubby Franchise, although Franchise isn't wrestling at this point. Um, he slaps Bully across the face. The Nationals run down and attack Bully. Um, the Franchise pulls out a chain. And the Naturals get a table. They put Bully right through the table. My whole thought is, where is Devon? Well, wouldn't you know it, TNA actually answers that question. They show backstage. T, uh, Devon is trapped under a big loading case. He can't get out. And then we go to commercial. When we come back from commercial, we don't get any closure to this story at all. I assume that Devon died under there. Or he under 27 hours himself and cut his legs off to get free. Don't know that for sure. But I got no better answer. TNA just certainly didn't give me one. Um, footage of LAX and AMW fighting at a signing session in Universal Studios earlier that day. LAX just kills AMW. Uh, Hernandez border tosses James Storm into a concrete wall. It looks like this looks brutal. Triple threat match. Austin Starr versus Petey Williams versus Johnny Devine. Nash is on commentary. Um, I wrote this note. Because this match went about three minutes and they did 7,000 things. My note here is I am writing as fast as I can. There was a series of sunset flips to open the show. A quick code breaker on Austin Star by Petey. A snap suplex on Williams by Divine. A sidewalk slam on Divine by Austin Star. Star breaks up uh, the Canadian Destroyer. Gets hit with a moonsault by Divine. That gets broken up. Uh... 
Shelly gets on the ring and is trying to get a good shot of Austin Starr because Nash told him to record everything. He distracts Austin Starr. Uh, Petey Williams bonks them together. Petey Williams hits a destroyer on Johnny Devine and wins the match. And Nash is just disgusted with his little guys. That all happened in the course of about three minutes. That is ridiculous. That is too much stuff to be happening that fast. Nash yells at Shelly and star post-match. I wrote down there. LAX's music hits while Nash, Shelly, and Star are still at ringside. Divine is still dead in the ring. Uh, Petey Williams is around somewhere, but LAX comes out. They get in the ring, and they start talking to Petey Williams. It's like, that is the least Latino guy I have ever seen, Petey Williams. But Conan rambles on for a bit. He makes a joke about butt sex. Don't blame me. That's just what he did. Uh, he invites PD to an American flag burning next week on Impact. Next week is the tour of Impact. We'll be covering that across two shows. Um, this is terrible. You know what? This may be a terrible Impact after all. As I, as I get into it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was terrible. That was bad. That was short. Split screen interview with Christian and Rhino. Rhino... Uh, he, Christian starts out doing a bad Y2J impression, saying that he's faster than uh, Rhino. He's more agile than Rhino. He's got a better personality than Rhino. He's got better teeth than Rhino. He I, better hair than Rhino. I mean, he just he's doing bad Christopher Jericho listing stuff. Uh, he did also imply that he banged Rhino's ex-wife. That's um, that's something you can do. Rhino tries to say uh, rebut, but Christian is just constantly saying, "Yeah." Okay, sure, whatever you say, over him. So you can't hear a word that Rhino says. They yell and swear at each other for a little while, and then Rhino says he's going to take care of Christian tonight, and he storms off. And then Christian gets really uh, skittish and scared and, and looks around. And then the best part is we never get anything else in that story. Rhino does not take care of Christian that night. He just kind of goes about his business. Don West Plugs house shows, DVDs, and the primetime show on Spike TV. Uh, he then also plugs the Genesis card. I mean, great, but this this took three minutes, but it should have taken one. James Mitchell and Abyss are laughing backstage. That was the whole segment. Joe versus Angle hype package. Um, it is very 2006 UFC pre-fight package. They show the guys training. They show the guys talking to the camera slightly off-center. They cut back and forth, rebutting each other, even though they're not in the same room. Very old-school UFC package. Fight for the right, finals. Abyss versus AJ Styles. They announce the guys coming out, and as they're saying, the phenomenal one, My uh, the audio drops out on the Impact Plus app. I don't know if it dropped out on that show or not, but I rebooted it three times. There is no audio past the phenomenal one, and so we get, uh, we get a, a silent... Match. So I have no guidance from the announcers. This is what I figured out for this match. Uh, this is Abyss versus AJ. They do a lot of stalling before the bell with uh, with uh, James Mitchell and Christopher Daniels circling the ring. Uh, the story of the match is Abyss strong, AJ fast, and also at times AJ dumb. A- AJ hits a standing hurricanrana on Abyss. AJ fast. Then he tries to hit a vertical suplex. AJ, dumb. All right, we'll, I'll stop that gimmick now. Um, Abyss hits a big boot. He gets a chain. He wedge, or, Excuse me, a chair. He wedges it in the corner. The ref goes over, and he gives the, the chair one 
okay looking tugs like oh god i guess it's stuck forever i guess i gotta leave it here you guys don't do anything and immediately abyss catapults aj headfirst into the chair then abyss who's also dumb does not cover aj aj's just bonked headfirst into a chair and is dead on the ground abyss does not cover him because he has to get a bag of tax. He goes to get the tax. The ref takes them away. Um, this allows AJ enough time to pull himself up in the corner. Abyss hits him with a singer splash anyway. Uh, AJ gets out of the torture rack. He fires up. But then uh, Abyss... I think this is sends AJ into the ref into the corner. Double splashes in both. The ref is down. AJ's kind of down. Christian runs out with a chair and he hits Abyss directly in the forehead, hands down with this steel chair. He hits AJ in the head, although AJ at least got his hands up a little. The ref starts the count um, and both men are counted out. The match ends in a double count out. And then a bunch of refs come out, they argue over the finish and we go to a commercial. After the commercial, the match is restarted um aj immediately goes for a phenomenal forearm misses aj hits a roll up uh by reversing out of the choke slam for a two count abyss hits the torture rack bomb and this is where abyss went to get the tax excuse me daniel stops mitchell from distracting the ref or from hitting aj and distracts the ref aj goes for a styles clash but chris saban runs in and lays out aj styles Abyss hits the black hole slam, and Abyss wins the match. He will face Sting at Genesis, and my brain went, you know what happens here? Like, oh, hell. That is what happens here. Abyss celebrates as Sting looks down from the rafters. That's the end of the impact. Um, yeah, next week we'll be covering the first half of the primetime debut. I'm hoping there'll be some decent wrestling on it, but there's a chance that it'll be three minutes of wrestling and 39 minutes of crap. Um, this show, speaking of time frames... Of the 42 minutes of wrestling, about 23 and a half of them were talking, run-ins, brawls, and video packages. So, TNA did nothing to build up their show. Well, that's not true. They did a lot of video packages. They did nothing to build up their match quality. All they did, over and over, was short matches and garbage. And, And that just doesn't work. But apparently it does because they're still in business today and I praised them earlier. That's interesting. We'll look more into next week. Uh, next week we will do the AEW Deadly Draw semifinals. AEW Saturday Night Dynamite and another Impact. Um, be sure to check out all of our shows at Addict underscore Russell. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Check out our merch, teespring.com slash store, or excuse me, backslash. Let's try that again. Teespring.com backslash stores, backslash Russell hyphen at Attic hyphen radio. Um, we got merch for all of our shows there. We got face masks. We got women's t-shirts now. We got all of the stuff we had before. Get yourself a delight show beach towel. Take that to the beach. See what people think about that. Um, and we will see you next week. Check me out at MN underscore delight on Twitter and on TikTok. Although, again, hadn't really done many TikToks. But check it out there. We will see you next time. You guys have a good week. Bye-bye.